Morning, Mr. Brewer. Good morning, Mr. Shackman. How are you on this wonderful day? Not too bad yourself. Was that uh, Jeremy I saw this morning? You talk about the guy with the cast on both his arms, and he's also he was wearing lederhosen for some reason. Yeah, that about covers it. Yeah, that was Jeremy. Um, he got a hold of some of the third-year design projects from last year, the mechs specifically, and he decided to test them out. Is that how he broke his arms? I tell you, he never saw that bobsled coming. Nor did the toaster, for that matter. Oh, so that's why it's just bread and not uh, toast today. Well, what we're calling the hands-off special at the moment is not only just bread, it's completely frozen bread. Emulating the crunch of toast, but completely missing the problem at I hand. <laughs> Toasting is on Shaka Shaka. What have you learned this week and this year so far? Well, um, <clears throat> it's something which I learned in, in December, which we had to sort of hold off. Um, <laughs> have you heard of a little place in the USA called MIT? It's come up once or twice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's a, little bit, it's a little bit different to Chegg. But... <laughs> and, and what have these, these persons done? They've come up on the 9th of uh, December. They published a really nice article on the world's first fully flexible solar cell, um, which is thinner than a human hair, right? Mm -hmm. You can stick it to fabric. Uh, fairly pe uh, thick okay. fabric, like for first responders. Oh, uh, right, right. Yes, army, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. Um, there's the ability to rapidly deploy it. So for example, you could coat like a canvas tent or something with kind of thickish fabric um, with this stuff to rapidly deploy it. It's made with, uh, with taking all of the heavy shit out of solar panels. So like the whole backing thing and the oh, heavy right. glass okay, thing. Okay. Yeah. And effectively they, they print it like, a, like an old fashioned inkjet printer. They print it on, on, on the surface. So um, I, I think it gets printed and then bonded as opposed to like the, yeah. the fabric goes through but it's uh, you know they didn't show exactly how they did it awesome. what's interesting is that you can flex it fully 500 times and after 500 times it's still 90 percent efficient compared to when it was unflexed Insane. for the first time so it's not it doesn't have a let's call it a hectic fatigue life you couldn't put it on you know your, you jeans, yeah, 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 your shirt every day, assuming you wanted to charge up <laughs> You're phoning your pocket with yeah. solar power jeans, but 500 times it certainly worked for military equipment, uh, first responders stuff, things that you get to a place like, for example, um, you know, like school exams. If you wanted to run extra lighting or or water pump or something for an event, you could certainly have a thing which then opens up to collect a heck of a lot of sunlight. The efficiency of these things is also quite a lot higher than than normal, and the the I just didn't write it down, but the the watts. The, the watts extracted per unit kilogram, it's it's like leaps and bounds above any other kind of solar panel. Is there a reason for it? Why is it so much better than, say, your fix? Is it because it can be... I think because better? your traditional solar panels need the glass layer for, okay. for rigidity and the backing. And, and then you obviously lose some oh. stuff with it. And if you get... You know, there's no such thing as a perfectly clean surface. No, You'll have micro stuff which causes a scatter. Yeah. If you take that away, you've got more direct stuff. Obviously, you need to, with fabric, you need to make sure... I mean, there are obviously issues with like if you do have a, 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 a fabric thing, static yeah. electricity and essay would get dust on it and things like that. But um, I thought that's that's quite cool because it won't be long before this is making its way as reasonably lightweight tech onto blimps and airships. I was just going to say that. I mean, outdoor advertising and things like that. Yeah, well, e even in, um, say, spacecraft and stuff, because it's you don't need your 500, you actually just need to fold it once in a very small compact yeah. shape and then let it deploy out in space you yeah. don't need complex like special rigid I think the things. other nice thing about space is you know currently the traditional type things are done 
I mean, they do kind of roll them up and they, well, they're, they're, they're multiple yeah. kinds. They've got the kind of the pantograph yes, zigzaggy yeah. things. Yeah. And then they've got, um, you know, the kind of real ones which kind of get pulled up like a sort of spy rug outwards. And I think this would allow you to do, uh, let's say, more 3D shapes exactly. uh, for alignment. And you could do like capture, you know, you could do like a kind of concave type thing to, um, you know, maximize, maximize yeah. things like that. So I think it's quite exciting stuff. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Always good keeping up with the latest tech. So I've been thinking, I caught the other day in the rain because December was naturally full of... Quite wet, yes. Yes, yeah, giggity. And I sort of stopped to think, it's a problem that it's a, you only really think about when it's actually happening at the time. It's hellishly loud in a car. When you've got that heavy, that heavy downpour, there's that roar that fills the car... <laughs> You can't hear a conversation going on next to you. You can't if you've got a radio playing. That's on. a good thing, though. <laughs> okay. Not everyone's like okay. me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're all engineers. We are quite antisocial. Yes. But uh, uh, maybe there's a situation where you actually do you need, do to, need hear, to hear, yes, to hear exactly. the, per, the person next to you. Um, or it's you just you want a luxury car. You want your roles so that the, the persons inside have a quiet environment. Could you do? How would you silence? the rain okay well what what is the source of the noise well it, it's surely it's the impact of the rain on your vehicle it's impact it's a delta well it's a delta v it's down an to zero yes it's, yeah. a, it's an impulse um well if you were to take anything a sheet of paper anything that's let's say flat mm -hmm. that brings the rain to a drastic stop um there's there's a thud sure you know you drip uh, the first bit of water that goes into a coffee cup bang and then the following noise is uh, shearing which yes. makes makes the noise so you don't normally have let's let's put it this way if there wasn't noise from the impact of the drops the rain running down the windscreen would yes, sound yeah. like water going down a gutter pipe exactly. or running off a roof or something there'd be that kind of uh river sound mm -hmm. that's not unpleasant no Okay. I mean, you wouldn't want the noise of sea waves while you're busy driving <laughs> in Joburg. I mean, <laughs> I'm still going along the idea of get rid of all noise. So effectively, as though you were driving yes. on a, um, a, a standard road. Okay, so water say. runoff noise you could probably do by directing it uh, yes. in, in, in better channels. And you can certainly do acoustic type stuff. The impact noise is an interesting thing. And obviously, with cars being mostly steel so metal yes um you've you've got the thing of the the tin can type I've got a metal thing over here yeah. so if you were to sort of exactly you've, you've got that so now how would you quieten that down okay so my first instinct would be potentially creating a barrier between it something like an air cushion air layer an air layer something to to lessen it um i'm just thinking spitballing out here yeah if you've ever been on like a, a cricket field or rugby field, anything that's grass during the rain, it is silent. And that's simply because the, mm. the rain comes to, like it hits a blade and then it, it breaks and it slows down as it goes down. So some form of micro textured thing on top of the car could help. It could also help with aerodynamics. Yes. I'm well, kind of thinking think... to Dumb and Dumber where there's the van covered in dog fur <laughs> as a, maybe not as crazy well, as that, but. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's something any idea you have to come up with again sort of harking back to our previous episode we we're talking about consideration of extra factors big pictures sort of thing you couldn't just design this just in isolation of let's stop rain making noise you'd have to look at okay cool what would affect this have on the car normally yeah so i mean if, if you think about it people who live in joburg 
every now and again there'll be a car outside where you need to protect it from the hail the standard mm. thing is to run it with let's say towels and blankets yeah the funny thing is as soon as you put a towel over a car in the rain it is silent yes. because it all gets absorbed so you, you certainly don't have to stop on the side of the road and then unpack this giant vinyl clad <laughs> neoprene suit and then clip it over the... You don't want to do that. I, I can you, see you also you have that. something built into the front of your car. Like, oh, it's raining. Hit a button and then there's this towel goes over your car. But then you can't see unless you, you've made it transparent. That, that's right. So, I mean, in, in terms of... I think what you have to do is you have to separate out from, from metal. And you could use some form of, I, I guess... You could use paint technology to make a slightly different paint that's, let's say, more porous, where as it hits, it separates. Yes. But I don't know how you'd keep that clean, because like even with a power washer, oh, exactly. capillary action would keep the dirt in. It's yeah. a bit like a piece of coral that you find on the beach. You'll, no matter how much you scrub it, you'll never get the it dirt out from yeah. inside. So yeah. your car would permanently look grubby, mm. if, and, and some people take offense that i don't dust protects your car's paint from uv and all that sort of fun stuff um and and then there's the ridiculous type stuff for going for like something which is larger than just let's call it paint tech which would be you know an extreme version is you know kind of astroturf technology which would yeah. be on on the car could you do it on the inside of the car with different sort of insulation. I, mean, I think I think that would be the other thing is you basically you let the car be what it is and and effectively insulated so what then occurs what once you've got your impact on it it's the vibration then vibrates the air and that then travels to you yes. through a sound so if you could insulate that so that you either you absorb that vibration yeah or you basically create a barrier a vacuum barrier effectively of some sort to test this this is a piece of steel with nothing behind it and this is the piece of steel with my hand behind it so I, I guess it is possible to do that i don't think you'd be able to get rid of the noise completely but you, i mean uh, with the way that that sound works in terms of db hmm. you probably don't need to harvest it you probably just need to whack off like oh yeah uh, 10 or something 10, like that. 10 or something like yeah. that off the top i certainly think you could do it so why don't they space because the moment you start increasing that in any increase in thickness would mean that either your car is bigger which for say we're going for the luxury cars you know for that purpose, um, then the car is bigger, which means even more difficult to navigate in traffic. Or there's less space inside, so it feels less spacious and less comfortable. I think you'd have to take, separate out your traditional car manufacturing, so the steel hull. Let's just focus on the roof. You then have to focus on from that into the car as opposed to from that outside. Yeah. So your traditional roof linings, I'm pretty sure you come up with something which is a um, either a spray-on tech or a stick-on tech or something, which is a bit different to how it's currently done, which is this kind of sewn-in thing that's held yes. on the clips and stuff like that. I think you could certainly do something there which wouldn't affect... Um, in fact, it might even be able to improve um, crash loading because if the steel has got this layer underneath and that also helps with out-of-plane buckling because it's not only an insulator, but it's also a reinforcing thing, you could then use thinner steel Potentially, you yes, maybe, yeah. Maybe drop that down, um, as opposed to replacing the steel with a, you know, a composite molding. Yeah, so yeah. Something which yeah. would just that, that would up the cost. So, you know, if you were to cut down the steel, that would cut down weight. If you could then bring in this this thing, which let's say had fire retardant properties, sound absorption stuff, and it prevented out of plane buckling to an extent. So you had the same thing as what you had in terms of the load bearing steel safety cage. 
<clears throat> I think that's probably the way to do it. I think you only need to focus on, um, I mean, bonnet noise, there's the firewall and there's all kind of sound insulation that prevents engine noise. And most modern cars, you honestly have to listen hard for the engine. Exactly. They yeah. do a fantastic job at that. So I don't think that that's a problem, but you might find that where the bonnet is connected to Ex the front yeah. of the windscreen wipers are, you could get sound coming through the air ducts or something. I think that's probably solvable as well. But you might find that most bonnets have got some form of lining under, uh, on, on the lid as yeah. well. It's only the real cheap cars that just have like steel. Yes. Um, but you could probably do something there, which is also an anti-fire um, thing to, to, to do the thing. And then obviously there's the boot, which you could probably do the same thing or else, I mean, most boots are sound insulated as well from the cabin through, the, I mean, the noise has to go through the rear seats yes, and, yeah. and stuff like that. So it's really, the prime source is, is the, the roof. The roof. I think also the fact that it's a kind of a concave shape helps focus the sound as well. So exactly. it probably makes it sound worse than it is. I don't think car manufacturers are going to go back to the 19... 40s and straight, <laughs> straight. And in fact, they were even curvy there, sort of model T. Yeah, no, no, style, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I, I think some form of coating on the inside is probably far better than an AstroTurf kind of fur coat on the outside. Now, this is very much approaching from the structural side of things, the mechanical, even the aerodynamic side of things in, in terms of yeah. there. There is the, as you very helpfully put in the beginning when I first proposed this idea, um, before we even started this, what about noise cancelling headphones? And I think there's not, I'm not saying let's have everyone use noise cancelling headphones, but sort of taking the idea and there's those, it's effectively it's the same principle. Noise cancelling works by taking whatever sounds coming in and basically generating the opposite field to cancel it yeah. out. Now... The rain, no one speaks in rain, so it's not a case of when you're having a conversation, suddenly no one can hear you because it's cancelling your voice out. Um, and rain, for the most part, is a, actually quite a rhythmic it's, noise. It's rhythmic white noise, yeah. Exactly. So it's not the most difficult thing to block out, so we have speakers in, um, display it. Could what? you do it using the car system as opposed to... Oh, no, to that's what I'm thinking. Oh, right. Uh, just use the car system. Just have, use the car system. Maybe you need better speakers or ones that can go a specific tone that they currently can't, maybe. As, I don't know if it's the lowers or the bass or, or right. whatever. There's there. But there's I an think, experiment in that, though, because that could be an easy way to do it, which exactly. doesn't mean... That's a, that's a much cheaper fix than anything else. And I think it could even be potentially progressed even further in that in the rain, because of the noise and stuff, you can't hear... You know, sometimes you're driving the car, you almost hear that car next to you. That it almost, a sound amplification of, if you want it, say, for the driver. So the driver gets it. A concentrated sound pattern can be done. Yes. Um, that just the driver is able to hear more uh, acute sounds from their That's right. You can hear car noise. There isn't another interesting thing, and that's if you've ever been, let's say, parked at a, a petrol station filling up in the rain, Listening to the cars drive past, they make a completely different sound signature when it's a wet road versus yes. heavy rain on the oh, road, yes, where yeah. actually it sounds like speedboats coming past. <laughs> yeah. So there's that noise as well, but I don't know if that's as bad as the... It's certainly not as loud. No. And when you're busy driving, that noise is with you, which means you could cancel that out. I think it is worthwhile having not cancelling out the noise of the impending no, that, that, truck that's overtaking you. But that's what I'm meaning. That, yeah. It's actually, it doesn't cancel, it actually amplifies it so that you can hear it over and above that's whatever right. that so, noise So you is. can hear that you're being overtaken in the rain where your mirrors might be all covered or whatever the case. you can't see. Exactly. So from a safety point of view, um, yeah. I, I think that's that's right. I still, I still do like the idea of 
you know, looking at the inside of the car and, and perhaps trying to reduce the weight there. But you know what, they might not do that because I can see this happening. If you were to reduce the skin thickness of the steel, all of a sudden it might be way more vulnerable to point loads like hail. And now you end mm. up with this, the rest of the car is fine, but now your roof ends up looking like a golf ball because of that. So it's probably not gonna be I mean, be, be I accepted. think you can do it to have, have it be both. There's no reason you can't make it so that your car is genuinely more soundproof. But Mr. Sheckman, with climate change, it promised us no more rain. <laughs> well, I must have missed that particular post. Um, <laughs> with, okay, but I mean, I'm not even thinking soundproof in terms of, of, of rain. I'm just thinking in terms of you're in traffic and there is someone who has their windows open and they really want to share their particular music tastes. That's right. That it, it's cancels out their their sounds their music their conversation if they're a particularly loud argument going on in the car next to you um okay maybe you want to amplify it actually because you really do like listening in on people's arguments whatever the case is you, you get that choice where the system can but again it just becomes a sound system i think you could still do that you could still investigate there's no reason you can't do a combination of the both you can investigate the use of a th ultra thin lining that you line the inside of your car with. You don't have to adjust the structural element, even though I think that, I think there's merit in it. Um, you uh, you know put a lining just as an extra insulation. Um, why not? But then have it where it basically it could cancel noise or add noise, and for certain persons, a person next yes. to you wants to sleep, or you're in an Uber, or whatever. The back passengers want to sleep driver wants to be able to still hear everything it just whether it cancels for the entire car and just gives him a sort of um what's the, what's the term uh, artificial actual yeah noise. i mean i'm, I'm not a, an expert on acoustics no, but i mean i can analyze vibrations but in in real life you know like how a piano works with the difference yes. i'm thinking piano foot pedals i don't know what they do but you know if you tap it i, I don't know i don't know what the sound is the, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. sound is yes but i'm just thinking could you do something where if the top of the the of of the the roof of the car behaves a bit like a drum skin oh yeah that's the noise that you get could you do something which has got some form of tech the way that piano yeah exactly basically like adjusting it can adjust something and all of a sudden the noise comes down and then your noise cancelling needs less of a threshold and you could you know even a cheap cheap car with a cheap sound system might be able to do that whereas in your more luxury car where you'd, you've got speakers in the the, the headrests and the yeah, doors exactly. and yeah, stuff yeah. like that you then wouldn't have to go to that that extent i don't know if that's possible it's certainly worth an experiment and i think it's quite a nice problem because your concepts are quite rich and at this stage i don't really know what the ultimate winner is because i'm not really an expert in any of these no. things and that's why it's a nice it's, it's a very nice uh, sort of design problem I, I would worry it may end up being ultimate solution would not necessarily be to focus on aerodynamics or mechanical for our mechs and aero students. I worry it could quite easily become a system that can modulate different sound patterns and do noise cancelling um, as the best solution. And, and that's the sort of, it's the risk you, you're running with a project of that nature in that it could come that, and if it is the best solution, you, you that's what you should be presenting. Yeah. Um, I think that's the one where you'd, you'd have to develop that one and then you develop your additional system, your um, uh, sort of whether it is your skin <coughs> tensioning thing. The thing is with your, your skin tensioning, your, your P3 
piano foot pedal system. I don't know if it's the tensioning or whether it's damping or, you know, because it's all yeah. to do with the square root K over M story, like natural frequencies and things. Whether it's adding mass or a damper or, or um, an, an electric field or, or, or yeah. something. Um, whatever it happens to be, I worry it, it would end up becoming more a research project than a design project. I mean, so. I think it's more of a physics lab than, than anything else yeah. as well. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that completely. You, you know, the thing is, you can't open up a textbook and find, okay, well, oh, this no, is, no, this no, is certainly. the theory yeah, of that, exactly. and here's the <laughs> This is how you change the tone of a roof. How difficult do you think it is to get information on... Well, I mean, how many different kinds of rain? You wouldn't have to do this for snow because snow is fairly silent and it's because the velocity and the mass is really small. Exactly. Drizzle, not really, but a good old-fashioned Joburg thunderstorm with big fat drops, that's the real, the real issue. Mm. Those are the noisiest ones. Yeah, I, I don't think it'd be too difficult. I mean, once you, if you can work out how many millimeters, because I've mass recorded. Term of velocity of rain is published. That's published yes. everywhere. In fact, they did that with, with aircraft a while ago. So you can find that. You can find... Um, the number of drops per say, cubic meter exactly, yep. that will give you a total like delta M or a delta E term. I think most things can be solved from an energy perspective. So yes. you could look at it yeah. on an energy I would, I would level. Go energy simply certainly. because that that energy, some of it, and you could measure it inside and work out how much of that energy is turned into sound energy. I'm interested in what the losses are. Yes. Um, so... Uh, I, I think you, you could get reasonable info on that without it being too researchy and completely out of out, out, out of control. Yeah, yeah. It's it's something you're going to have to, you know, I see it with the fourth year projects, even the third year projects and even second year projects. Students are worried about it because it is, it, it seems like quite a, an accomplishment to get that data. The thing is, once you've got that data, your design actually becomes just so easy. <laughs> it is. And from a research point of view, a nice uh, once, once uh, meter by meter um, sheet steel that's the same thickness that is, let's say, tensioned or slightly curved um, up on the roof where you have three of them with different things in it with um, sound, uh, sound sensing yeah, equipment. Yeah, sensor. And, yeah. and that's how you would do it. In terms of replicating rain, <clears throat> that's an interesting one. There are nozzles that can do it. Yeah. In fact, the movie, the movie guys know how to do yes. like real raindrop. Uh, they, they sell that kind of spray tech. The trick is to get the velocity to be exactly the same. But if you were to do some kind of fluid mechanics type thing, you can certainly incorporate a, a blower of some kind with the rain nozzle to impart that initial velocity. So if the thing is only five meters or something or two meters above, you can you can get that if, effect. But because of the noise, you'd have to make sure that the downward wind is not really there. Yes. Even though in a real thunderstorm, there is quite a strong downdraft yeah. because of the drag, the aerodynamic drag of the drops pulls air downwards, um, but at a fraction of the velocity of the actual rain. Yes, drops. yeah. I, I think it's something where a fourth year project, you know, sort of blows out into a master's or a PhD in scope. You can, you basically say, I'm going to ignore aerodynamic drag aspects f1 downforce <laughs> in a heavy thunderstorm would be, you know extra i can see the cfd it now sounds like quite a fun project little in the normal streamlines but there's the stream doing that in cfd holy <laughs> you, you're melting computers it's a bit point. like trying to light a pipe in a tornado it's the same kind of interesting research project <laughs> but i think yeah i mean even if it's a case of you you get a, a a standard garden spray nozzle spray it i'd spray it up to let gravity pull it back down it wouldn't be terminal velocity yes. so it's not quite equivalent but as long as i equate it all to a single control sense in the various aspects i'm testing 
you, you're not saying this is definitively it would lower every car down by 10 decibels because you're also not representing a full car. <laughs> but this thing shows potential in that it needs further <clears throat> testing and, you know, just as a first That's test. a very nice design problem. Let's just dwell on that for a couple of mm. minutes. Getting correct rain velocity on this thing. You mentioned one idea of, I had the, the one idea of like blowing it. Yes. Okay? You had the idea of kind of arcing it up and letting it do its, its own thing. What if you were to, let's say, design something like a whirling arm where you could rotate it and get whatever. So instead of the, mm. you did the whole elephant on a treadmill story, yeah. um, you make the plate move so that you end up with a Actually, station. Yes. You, you basically yeah. just reverse the physics to, to obtain the velocity or you go half and half. Um, you know, you kind of have a leading thing which sprays the water backwards while this thing moves forwards. You could get quite a decent... At a, at a low speed, um, you could achieve the raindrop things with something which is not horrible to counterbalance. It looked like one of those Air Force yeah. centrifuge yes, things. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you, I, I reckon you could do this, and you wouldn't have to go that fast. I mean, rain doesn't actually fall at no. 200 k's an hour or anything. In, in fact, the best part about that, what I'm just thinking now, so we rotated, I was originally always thinking the roof is flat to, you know, what gravity is doing for it. Rotate it, have another one on the other side for counterbalance. Because uh, then you get double your data set. That's right. Positive. You need to have the other one for drag balance. Yes. Mass balance would be one thing. You could just have a lead weight yes, there. Yes, but... But from a drag balance, that would then reduce moments on the shaft. And you get double your there. test data because you yes, get two. you groups. could have two. Yeah. Then what you have is you basically create... You like a, one versus another one. Oh, yeah. Because I think you'd have to keep the, the acoustic sensors centered. Um, in fact, they yeah. might work like, you know, sonar things that Ex follow yeah, the around. Exactly. But you might actually just have a 3D... Uh, a 3D thing which then you don't have to worry about cables and pickups and but that's a separate problem no yeah sure but then what I just have is effectively a, a a tube overhead where it would pass over that could then basically just create water droplets yes and what you could adjust is the density <coughs> of your water droplets that are impacting your roof so they're just dropping effectively as they drop so you'd have a ring around the circumference which would basically just piss water out and this thing and would just, it just passes through it, yes. through it as some kind of bead curtain yes and you just basically like, cool i need a heavier rain up updated so it drips quicker you got a, a, a large density what i would also do is divide that up into segments where i could play with the flow rate so i could do i could do that like that pulsing that you get with rain exactly as well. you could do it half and half or opposite quarters or something you could do it any way you wanted to with um, maybe even just switching out what the nozzle is and keeping and their concepts do you vary the pressure in different segments or do you just change the nozzles and run on the same pressure and flow and and yeah. the flow rate is automatically done or whatever the case is it's it's quite a nice design of an experiment actually yes yeah and then we assumed yes that the nozzles the water is going to fall out of it mr sheckman i propose that that's quite a hectic thing to build up and over the thing, could we not have a downwards rail? Because if the thing is impacting, it wouldn't make a difference whether the rain drop no, is no, being it, blasted it really up wouldn't. or falling down. So what would happen then potentially, depending on what you'd have to get right, is that the, the peak height of the water is, is above. It's above it. Yes. So that you don't have zero velocity versus somewhat velocity versus nothing. Um, well, that's another thing that you could vary in terms of impact as well, because if the if the water is at its zero point when you hit, number one, that would assume one drop of water goes up and stays there to be hit. But if you fire three drops in a row, one will be stationary, yes. one will be going up, one will be coming down. So yeah. I think you'd have to have them all above 
but you're still gonna have the ones coming down. But the thing is, one meter above the ground, if the stopping height is two meters up, the velocity of the drops going up and down is the same. Yes. But yeah, they're yeah. out of plane to yours, so it yes. doesn't make a difference. And I mean, there's nothing to say, I mean, we don't need a full roof or, or like one meter, one meter panel. We, we, we just need a piece of metal. The reason I like the, whether it's ab above or below, is you can actually angle the spray as well, mm. because if, if it smacks directly into the rain, that's one angle. If you were to, in fact, you wouldn't need to do that. It's easier to angle the, the plate. roof. Yeah, yeah, just angle the plate itself. Um, at that point, and we've just invented the helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> Turn this thing on. You're expecting to see some water drop, and the thing just starts lifting. It's like, oh shit! <laughs> okay, so I mean, you 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 could do something like that. Again, it's not a a fourth year design project. It's basically just spitballing. Um, you know, something like a if if that was a a good problem from a research project point of view and i think we should probably do a podcast on on good research topics where you might have yeah. to design a thing mm. um, about that as well because sometimes you need to be a little bit creative and i think that's um that's one thing that particularly the third years get exposed to in, in the lab courses the sort of the design of the experiments yeah. can make it an easy experiment or it can make it really challenging to figure out what what did happen and um how thing how the data could be obtained in a kind of a more easy to process or more correct um yeah i'll uh, make a note of that for for the next episode or some episode in the future we'll see what we get up to all right cool well thanks very much for listening we'll, we'll catch you in the next one as the year goes on cheers <laughs>